0: Ben Shapiro here with a man I have tremendous respect for, my good friend, Attorney Barack Lurie. Barack, you've been practicing law for over 24 years. Do you have some important advice about lawsuits?
1: Well, Ben, the law deals with conflict, right? A good attorney should help ease a lot of your anxieties, because he should have perspective and know how to gather his evidence. But his main mission should always be to pursue the path toward quick resolution or settlement. Well, how do you do that? Simply by working to remove the emotion from both sides. Once you gather information and think rationally and compare strengths and weaknesses in a case, you can work on what's fair. The truly great lawyers know how to do that, and quickly. You
0: can see, folks, why I so admire Barack Lurie and all the work that he does. For all your business and real estate legal issues, call my friend Barack at 866-575-8111. 866-575-8111. 866 575 8111.
1: Fighting for what's right. Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. Listen to The Barack Lurie Show, Sundays at 10 a.m. here on AM 870, The Answer. <laughs> Hi, I'm Barack Lurie and this is the Barack Lurie Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in with me, my good friend and producer Ari David. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure as we say because frankly there are so many odd things going on that uh, you got to take the little joys in life with you and that's hanging out with friends that you like, people that you like to work with and you're both of those things, Ari, so it's a pleasure. Um, And you know, Getting caught up on the world uh, events—that's—it uh, it is interesting. It's engaging. Sometimes it's disturbing and upsetting. Um, <clears throat> but you gotta—you gotta take the bad with the good, I suppose, because things are not always as pleasant as they could be. Um, I want to bring up an interesting uh, topic that is coming up of late, and that is that this, this notion of uh, how the market is doing so well now, or relatively well, and the economy is doing relatively well uh, following the midterm elections. And the Democrats are not necessarily saying it following the midterm elections, you understand, but they're saying, look, things are going well. They're, they're touting um, what they believe to be a lower unemployment rate, that the soccer market is doing well, business uh, profits are, are are improving, and uh, manufacturing orders and such are doing better, and and of course, of the gas prices are going down as well. All of which, the president has recently taken credit for, in his recent um, State of the Union speech. Now, what I find so fascinating about it is, um, <clears throat> you know, that, that the correlation is so strong. The midterm elections, which occurred in early November 2014, were such a wholesale slaughter of the Democrats, right? the Republicans won beautifully. So this is the reason why the economy is doing so relatively well, speaking, why it's improving, and it's not at all as Obama would like it to be. But the reason why is the markets know that they don't have to worry about Obama creating the mischief anymore. They're done with him. They know that he, he, he can only do so much damage, right? His hands are tied behind his back, And he can talk all he wants, but nobody's going to do anything. Before the election, and certainly before 2012, (coughs) um, when he said, I have an idea, everyone ran for the hills (laughs) because they knew that he might actually implement whatever crazy idea he was about to advance. So for example, he spoke about minimum wage. And that's an issue. Um, And people thought, "Okay, well, maybe he's going to implement this thing. And maybe he'll be able to sway his Democrat uh, congressmen and, and senators to actually do something like that. And there's the Fair Pay Act and um, the Fairness Doctrine. I mean, he was throwing all these things out there.
0: Twenty page, twenty weeks of paid leave per
1: year for medical, yeah, not why? unpaid leave. Paid. Right, Paid leave, yeah. Why not, right? Because yeah. because employers can all afford these things. They're just hoarding the money. Hoarding, you understand? Or maybe or maybe the employers don't even. He doesn't even think about that. They, he has to think about it for them. And it's good for their business to pay these people. You understand? It's all in his head how, how wonderful these ideas are. Never mind, you know. It's, it's, a, it's as if employers have never thought about this before. Now he's thinking for us, you see. He's showing us a whole new way of doing economics, what's good for your business. It's gonna be good for you, Barack. It's gonna be I mean me, Barack Lurie. It's gonna be good for you, Ari, if you if you pay more taxes, if you if you pay people not to work. Not to work. Right. It's gonna be good. Because they'll be so loyal to you, you understand. Uh, never mind that they can leave you anytime you want. You know, after the twenty weeks of paid leave right. suddenly okay, yeah, all right, here you go. They'll find a way to suddenly create this medical urgency. Uh, it's so stupid. I, it, the consequences are so enormous, and but I, here I am drilling down on that. So anyway, he, he, he comes up with these ideas, and everyone runs for the hills. But now it's 2014, and now 2015. He, you mean? Uh, 2015, right? And now it's uh, now when he has a, a crazy new, new idea, people just think, uh, okay, it's a mama, you know, doesn't yeah. mean anything. He talks. He, he talks. And he likes He'll to talks, talk, talk to and talk. talk. Yeah, and he, and he's and now we, we know he has no power at all. Um and we, we he didn't have as much power before, but now he has even less power and why should we listen to him? And he's just that guy that used to be somebody of significance. You know, I, I there's that famous celebrity I know who um, had a lot of power and she squandered all that power and now um I can't mention her name. Um but She just went crazy, and now she talks all the time, and nobody listens to her. She's a true has-been, and that's what Obama is. He's a has-been within his own presidency in his second term.
0: The only place he's not a has-been is within his own mind or his own speeches. Oh, yeah, He
1: he thinks people are still listening to him.
0: You know, it's funny you said that, because his State of the Union speech the other day, that's the first one I did not watch.
1: I find all of them to be incredibly
0: boring. Yeah, but normally I'd be on Twitter or something, make you fun of it. It was so post, post <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dystopian. It was no point even making. It, it it was so passe. There wasn't even jokes to be had.
1: Yeah, that's a <clears throat> that's a very good point. No, he these this uh, speech that he gave was very similar to all the other speeches. You could literally um, replace them from the twenty ten. Uh, speech. Uh, the only thing that would change in the background is who was the speaker of the house, right? Everything else was the same, and then you know you would have to Photoshop that a little bit more gray in his hair so that it could show that he's actually uh, a more recent. But he could easily have done that. But it was it was boring and everything else, and no one's listening to him, and he's utterly powerless. But here's the funny thing: the market reacts to this, and this is the point I'm getting to. The market is very happy, knowing that he can't do any of this stuff. There is stability. He's not going to be able to, to impose even a small regulation now, let alone a big regulatory scheme like Obamacare, right? None of the um, fair, uh, minimum wage issues, none of the fair pay acts, none of the um, maternity leave ideas that he has, none of them are going to come into play. They can't. So the markets are very comfortable now. There is stability. And so, zoom the markets go up. And guess who takes credit for it? Obama. That's right. That's o- <laughs> Who gives him credit? The New York yeah. Times. Of course. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about the New York Times in a moment because they're, uh, they're like that Cheers episode that I once saw. The one where um, they were reading, or that one of the characters, I guess, the, the, the guy who plays uh, Dr. Frazier Crane, uh, Kelsey Grammer, right? And he's trying to educate this otherwise very plebeian crowd, and he wants to elevate their education, right? <laughs> In a bar. In a bar, you know, with, with Woody and, you know, all those guys. <laughs> he's, bunch he's of gonna, dummies. He's going to educate them. Anyway, so but that's not really the important part. That he wants to read them Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities, right? So, so he, he starts reading it, and, he, and the beginning of the book is, as you know, it says, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the season of such and such, and it was the season of, it was the summer, it was the winter. And so Cliff, Clavin, turns to Norm and he says, Man, this Dickens guy sure knows how to cover his butt. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, that's a brilliant point that's right. so this, That is brilliant <clears throat> And this is the way it is With uh, the New York Times and Obama And everything else And the Democrats, yeah, no matter what happens <clears throat> the Same with global warming right. It's warmer, global warming It's colder, global yeah. warming Yeah. So if, if the economy were doing terribly They would say it's because those wascally Republicans, they've interfered With all my proposed programs If it goes really well, they would say You see, my, my, my policies have worked if it, uh, if it stayed about the same, they would say, you, know, you see, we've we got to stay the course. And there's there's nothing yeah. that, that would ever be wrong for them. They, they could always have a wonderful explanation, and they'll always be able to take credit for it. And if something bad happens, well, they'll blame the Republicans. In
0: 2009... Bush he has a super majority in, in Congress, a super majority in the Senate, a veto-proof majority of the Senate, and the media was reporting the reason the economy wasn't recovering faster is because Tea Party Republicans were using rhetoric that threatened Obama's agenda. Ah. So, even if they are not <coughs> have no power and nowhere in the, in the room, they're still at fault if things aren't going as of swimmingly course, no. as they should.
1: Well, this, this is not surprising. We're talking about mainstream media, after all. And so, I mean, this is but what, what I do want to point out is a New York Times article about this very point. Now, mind you, this is an article, not a recent one, and a very import, it's very important that it was not recent. This is dated August 30th of 2014. So, just uh, like eight weeks before, uh, no, not yeah, too eight
0: months. weeks before the
1: election. Yeah, two two, two, two plus months. months, two plus months before the election. Okay, and the title is "Midterm Election Mind Reading: The Market Tends to Win." Now. I welcome to check that out. Like I said, August 30th, 2014, the New York Times. And uh, I already gave the title. But the gist of the article is that no matter who wins the upcoming election, which has already passed, of course, but no matter who wins, the market will win because the market likes stability. Well, no, they're right about that. But the funny thing is that they know damn well. They knew damn well back in August 30th that the Republicans were going to have a slaughter. Uh, maybe not as much of a slaughter as it it ultimately became. But they knew the Republicans were going to add seats in both the House and the Senate, and they were likely going to lose the Senate. So, And and then they claimed that the market was going to... And they are trying to say, well, it doesn't matter, and the Republicans will take advantage of this because they'll say that the economy is doing better because of us. But mind you, it's only because of the, the stability in the market. Well, now that it's come out that the the market, the economy is indeed improving after the midterms they still want to take credit for it it's amazing it's it just you can't win with these guys and the problem with it is you know unlike a typical let's say basketball game or soccer game or whatever you know when the, the when the clippers play uh, you know whatever the, the, the lakers let's just say and they lose they you know what do they do they get they, they get back into their locker rooms and they study it And they say, man, you know what uh, We just weren't calling the shots the right way We weren't uh, team working enough And you know we weren't hustling enough out there uh, Too many three-pointer shots Wild shots, whatever it is Not enough defense They analyze the game They learn from the game right? But not so when it comes to politics At least between the Democrats And the Republicans Not so at all um, The Democrats will never want to learn They'll always say The economy is doing well Because of our programs And it's uh, when it's doing poorly It's because of the Republicans And it's just their mantra They do not care to learn whatsoever They don't care to grow It's just simply Here's the team And here's what you need to say Mainstream media And here's how you're going to play this out That's that's their style Because we're not so surprised That's the New York Times for you as well We know that they're in the, the pocket of, uh, of Obama And... Uh, you know he's advancing their agenda and vice versa. Got it? You're with me so far. <coughs> now, there's also this claim. I mean, well, going back to back back to um, Obama, he's a little bit like. You know the, it's they find out that uh, the fire chief has been actually committing arsons. Let's say, okay, and you know, and it's a big problem with the arsons, right? And this, the, the fire chief has been doing all the stuff and. And they can't stop him for some reason. Okay, finally, they manage to stop the fire chief, and they, they handcuff him. And he's now in his, uh, the fire chief station for whatever reason. They're about to take him to prison and such. And there's not as many arsons anymore. In fact, there are no arsons now. And he says, you see what a great fire chief I am? <laughs> I, there are no arsons. <laughs> it's, it's, and that's, that's Obama. It's right. He he, he's the one who's committing the drag on the economy, and then when the drag gets lifted, the uncertainty, because that's the drag, right? At the end of the day, then he claims credit for it. That's the amazing thing. And he and you know, look, the fact is that people correlate whenever the economy is doing well, they they give credit to the president who's in charge. But that's but it's only because he's lifted the boot off of the neck, as they say, right? And, or, or you stop hammering the head. That's what it is, right? That's the relief that you get. If you've ever, uh, fortunately, you and I have never been tortured, but you know. Th- I don't
0: know. I saw I saw a few bad movies this week. That's true. I saw Birdman and Boyhood. I, both of those are worse than Waterworld. I'm roller. sorry.
1: I I, <laughs> I definitely stand corrected
0: there. It was terrible.
1: Yeah. Anyway, uh, when you get you know real torture, you know, that, let's say imagine a horrible thing. Somebody's you know, Taking a hammer and hitting you with the head over, over and over again not, not enough to kill you, but really to cause tremendous pain And then they stop And you think, oh, it feels so good to, to not have the pain anymore You're so relieved Well, that's, that's the way it is with Obama and, and the way he's handled this economy He's just not doing all the madness anymore And the economy is just breathing a sigh of relief Just like the, the torture victim I'm, I'm talking about That's who he is. That's the way it is Right now Now another thing is The gas prices Okay I've got two things to say about that (coughs) One is um, that, That Obama Is of course taking credit for the lower gas prices He himself doesn't know Why the gas prices are lower But he'll take credit for it anyway Because after all he is the puppeteer And everything happens because of Him, And therefore, some program that he must have advanced has led to the lower gas prices. He doesn't know which one, but by golly, he's responsible. Why? Because it's something that's good. That's why. Okay, well, obviously, that's silly, right? I mean, there's simply no gas policy of his or any energy policy of his that has led to lower gas prices. On the contrary, he wanted higher gas prices, mind you, right? Um, And that is... Uh, that's that was, that was his way.
0: And the prices, as low as they've gotten, and here in Southern California, they've not gotten as low as they should. They're still a dollar fifty more than they would be if he didn't get in the way and make them higher.
1: So right. thanks for nothing, you know. Well, he's taking credit for it, and here's the reason why. It's a very simple reason. It's called supply and demand. It turns out. That the world suddenly had a huge glut of oil And it's a short-term glut And when there's a short-term of anything Glut or decrease You're going to have a reaction Example, if you have a drought All of a sudden In one year Like zero rain In the winter in Los Angeles Guess what? Water is going to cost more That's the way it works And there's a glut And that's the reverse When there's a glut of oil Prices are going to fall or a lot of water <clears throat> Water costs less Right So this is what's happening in the oil market <clears throat> And what's happening is that a lot of oil companies are simply saying Okay, yeah, we got this glut We got to get rid of this oil now We'll sell it for a lower price And they're not stupid They're not going to keep on pumping out that oil at a loss They're in contr- they're control of the oil supply You can expect them to decrease the supply of oil Hence the price of oil will go up again You can expect that I don't know exactly when, but once they burn off all this oil, this oil glut, you'll see the prices go back up. It's not going to keep on going down. It would be nice, but it's not going to happen, uh, not, at the, not at the price of the business of the actual oil companies. And many oil companies have, have simply um, have quit, have abandoned their operations. So it only means that there are fewer oil companies now, and uh, you will see the prices going up. It has nothing to do with Obama. That's the important thing to mention. Okay. And likewise, uh, part of the, the 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 reason for it is that there is this massive amount of oil, but the Chinese are no longer demanding as much oil as they used to, because the Chinese economy is faltering.
0: Yeah, and there's That's also why. one other kind of interesting reason, which is because of the hydraulic fracturing and uh, yeah, aka fracking and uh, horizontal drilling and all these wonderful innovations in uh, drilling technology. <clears throat> the Saudi Arabians are flooding the world markets with oil to drive the price down to drive the frackers out of business so that when yeah. the supply drops and the prices go up, the frackers won't be a competing issue with them, which will mean it will go up much higher right. than it was before it started falling.
1: It's just, you know, it's, it's, again, short-term thinking in every sense of the word, like our previous podcast about flat-earth thinking uh, they they only see the benefit as it's going down for that little you know you know how those graph, graphical charts are they they're not one straight line going up or going going down it's always kind of this zigzag thing that as it's going up you see a trend going up but if you kind of only look narrowly at one small part of the 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 price graph and look at that little part that's going down for the moment then you say oh what a what a great trend that is well no we're just seeing a minor Dip in the prices. Let's take advantage of it. Let's enjoy it. Sh- certainly, um, but it's no different than saying, you know, you have a an unusually warm day in winter, and you don't say, well, it's going to keep on increasing in in temperature for the rest of January. Yeah, winter, the new summer. That's right. <laughs> Get used to it. No, it's just an unusually balmy day that day, and it right. happens. And sometimes there's an unusually cold day in the summer. Doesn't mean that it's a trend. So anyway, I, I don't want to go too much into this, but. The point is that he'll take credit for anything that comes out out of his mouth uh out of his own head yeah
0: it's interesting also how the media always responds to us how fluid it is with with george bush if the stock market went up they'd always write articles that would say and emphasize how the stock market isn't isn't the economy oh yeah with this there's very little in the economy doing well other than this sector of it, the you know uh, the stock Security investments yeah. For various reasons we've discussed both on and offline On this podcast and other places before And suddenly The stock market is the economy According to the New York Times yeah. Isn't it interesting just how fluid it is
1: Yeah, it's, it's uh, anything anything they go But they have no interest in learning about themselves they No interest in why they are, The market works the way it does No interest in, in Whether or not they have any credible claim to Accept Credit for something Even my <clears throat> um, I have uh, many liberal friends as you know I'm and it's, sorry. Uh, Well it's actually it's good, no, it's, to, good it's good to have of course But I learn from them And uh, it, it is amazing At least there's two of them that I'm thinking about right now And they always talk about How the Republicans are going to On this issue or that issue when, And the, 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 the Democrats Have a better positioning when it comes to You know issue Y And I say to them it seems so interesting how you're talking about this as though it were a game of, uh, you know, the, the position and such like that. But it's all kind of happenstance. It's because the gas prices are low now that that will benefit the Democrats, for example. It's because <clears throat> uh, there are more senators who are up for uh, re-election who are in uh, Republican-controlled territory that the Republicans are going to get their uh, advantage in 2014 for example. But they never talk, and, and I asked them point blank forget about the game plan. I, you and I can both agree on what is going to happen. I mean, we both agreed, for example, that the Republicans will do very well in the 2014 election. They didn't like the result. I like the result. <clears throat> but we both agreed that that was going to happen. But I said, but what about the issues? What, you know? Why do you think that it's good to? Increase taxes? Why do you think it's good to have so many programs? Why do you think that only government is the answer to every problem that the nation faces? Let's talk about those issues. I mean, it, rather than you just tell me what the, as if it's a game. But do you have any core beliefs at all? Do you, I mean, th- th- doesn't that matter to you? Even if you're the last person in America who, who holds on to these views, you could still be right. As it turns out, about 50% of the country believes the way that you and I do, Ari, that free market capitalism, God-centered, is the best, most effective way to get anywhere. But don't they want to study that? Don't they want to understand what works and what doesn't work? Rather than just saying, well, I've, I've selected my team, and uh, that's the way I'm going to play from now on for the rest of my life.
0: It's always come down to an even more... Uh, hmm granular question for me which is don't they care about people don't they care about the practical results of policy decisions rather than as you say the monopoly or chess game of politics itself which really has no no significance on broader life whatsoever you know if you're watching it just from like a game of uh, uh or house of cards Point of view, you know, like the the Netflix show about political gamesmanship, but you're not thinking in terms at all of what real world uh, effect it has on small town America, big town America, every American whatsoever in the broadest sense. Um, have you no values at all? Do you, do you have no concerns whatsoever for people? Because I, I know you and I, we think most about are people safe and are they do they have the opportunity to be prosperous?
1: Yeah. Yeah, the two points that you'll say is uh, that, that in response to what you just said is, um, have you no concern for people at all? Well, they'll say, what are you talking about, Ari and Barack? Uh, we Democrats care a hell of a lot more about people than you do. And, and the reason why they care, why they believe they care more than, than you and I do is because they demand that there are higher taxes and the government should, should give those, the, those, the, the money to all the poor people and such and whatever – Fantastical programs they've invented in their heads that don't actually exist and instead are being poured in to find out um, you know, why why people uh, uh, Why why bisexual women tend to be heavier than non bisexual women. I mean, it's just bizarre. The whole thing is truly bizarre and But in terms of the values question that you had um, I've posed this many times to my liberal friends. What are what are your values? Do you have any values? What are your standards, is what I ask them specifically. What are the standards that you hold? For example, you and I have a standard that the ideal is to have a mother and father as your, uh, as your parents. And the ideal um, circumstance is that uh, <clears throat> that you don't have a single motherhood, okay? And there are many other ideals that we hold. We, we also believe that it's good to have God in the family it's good to be respectful to women. And uh, these are the kinds of values that we have, right? It's good to have a job and not be on
0: welfare. Yeah. It's good to be clean and sober instead of strung out on drugs. It's,
1: you know, these are all better things
0: over a worse thing right. as a state of living.
1: A, a work ethic, for example, is is powerful, that, that purpose means something. Um, you know, and that, that's what we should be striving for. Fatherlessness is a bad thing. These are, these are core values um, that, that make sense to us and we believe guide our day and we think they also work. But you ask uh, a liberal about their values, their answer to, to you will be something like this. Well, we believe that poor people should not have to be, go hungry. We believe that every child has a right to ed- education. We believe that everyone has a right to health care, for example. They call that a value, but it's really not a value. It's a policy that they want to impose. It's not a standard by any stretch, right? Simply saying that everyone should have X is not a standard. It's a law. <laughs> so they want to make it a regulation. I understand that, but that's not a standard. A standard, in fact, is a, is a distinction. It's, it's, it's uh, saying you need to make, you know, to, to, to be as simplistic as possible... If you go on certain Disneyland rides, you need to be a certain height before you go on this ride. And a different height if you go on that ride, right? It's a, in a sense, it's a, it's a standard. But there's no standard. I mean, if the equivalent in, uh, in the liberal world, it would be like, everyone should be able to go on every ride. Anyone should be able to vote. Anyone right. can drive
0: a car <laughs> at any age. Anyone can... Well, right. I'd say own a gun. No, anyone can not own a gun ever. Or right. you know,
1: you should have sex as, as as often as you like, as with any as many people as you like, and by the way, and any kind of sex. And we won't go into the details of that, as you like, because you know, uh, there there's sometimes there are younger people present, but you get the idea, and the younger people listen to this podcast. But there's just no standard. It, it, it's it's uh, they want to teach sex education whatever that means, um, to six-year-olds, seven-year-olds.
0: Yeah, and then they also invert our standards. So when we say something like, we believe it's better if Mm -hmm. families have fathers in the homes, they'll, of course, jump to the critical theoretician's card and then say, oh, so you're saying that single mothers should be thrown in jail? You think that the children of single mothers should be repossessed? And we go, no, not at all. We just think it's better, and it should be encouraged and incentivized for this to be this way. And if it's the other way, we'll deal with it when it occurs. And we'll figure out policies for dealing with it when it occurs. But hopefully, those policies will never have to be... it." Uh, Will never have to be broadly uh, utilized because the majority of people will fit the standard and avoid the problem. Yeah. If you avoid the problem and you don't do drugs and you stay sober,
1: all the problems of lack of sobriety are avoided. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. 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 Exactly. Well, but everything is. If you can really summarize the difference between the parties, and I would say not even the parties, but the difference between liberalism and conservatism, is that one. Wants to advocate for standards And the other wants to loosen the standards Okay, that's a very big distinction Now, the whole world is reversed When it comes to the business side of it right? In that case, the liberals want to increase standards Increase restrictions in particular And it's the conservatives who want to open up the markets And let freedom reign, so to speak So it's exactly the opposite side this is the way it works. For some reason, um, but so it's it's these are parallel universes in play, and one goes one way, kind of like that Star Trek episode where uh, um, the the Kirk and his crew, um, because of a certain electrical storm, they end up in the wrong Enterprise starship, and and vice versa, the wrong reality, the wrong reality, and they end up in a in a starship where. The federation and the uss enterprise is a very evil ship right and so now the good guy ship has all the evil crew and the evil crew has the good guys and they have to do something about that and how they get back and that's what the episode's all about but these are parallel universes and and one works and one doesn't yeah and it's amazing
0: how congruently it works because even if one is more interested in freedom in one sector and restrictions in the other, the results of lack of prosperity and stagnation and and, uh, the spreading of misery and poverty is so consistent. If you have the policies governing individuals that destroy the standards, it results invariably in poverty and misery. If you have the policies that restrict... Uh, economic activity results in poverty. So you right. think that for people always so concerned about income inequality, fairness, redistribution of whatever, they'd at least at one point go, you know what, I am interested in prosperity. But that question's never asked in their own minds.
1: They're not interested in prosperity. They're interested in control and power. Yes, That's, exactly. that's really the bottom line. So, look, uh, we all started this off with... Um, how Obama had this uh, State of the Union uh, speech And all the things that he said And all the credit he took uh, off of that But it's, uh, it's, it's madness to say that, there, that he should be able to take credit And he never accepts any blame There's not one thing he said In the State of the Union address Which is to say something like We need to work harder We've made our share of mistakes We think we've turned the corner Something like that But instead he simply said Everything is rosy Everything's wonderful, and the world has our respect, and the world respects us. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, he was, I don't know what country he was talking about, it, but it certainly was not the United States. So it really reminds me of uh, that movie. I, I forget who, who directed it, but it was called Say Anything, right? And that's what this president is. He says anything. Oh, my God, that's right? perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as, as long as he says it, it becomes the truth, and he must— Believe This himself either either he believes it himself or he believes that people will believe it and uh, And and you know you have to prove that it's wrong somehow and good luck on that mr Republican and this is what we call burden of proof in law, and he understands burden of proof. I think and The burden of proof is that you you for example if I sue you for breach of contract I have to show that there was a contract and that you breached it and then I got damages Right as a result of that breach I, that's my burden of proof. And your burden of proof in response as a defendant is to say why you didn't need to pay it or why there was no contract or why there was no breach and so on, right? But, <clears throat> but, but saying, um, saying something like that is one thing in law. But if, if I say, you know, there are three elephants flying in the sky right now, you know, I'm saying it. Do you, do you have the burden of proof now to, to prove that there are not three elephants Flying in the sky is not it, It's patently obvious that it's not the case But he thinks that If he says there are three elephants in the sky Then there are three elephants in the sky Yeah, and that gets into a whole discussion Not time in this
0: podcast, obviously For his mental state and all that But at least when Clinton uncorked a whopper And this is why I say Clinton was a better liar than Obama There was at least a flash and twinkle Of Clinton's eyes that he knew he was lying And there was some playfulness about What's scary about Obama is He uncorks these whoppers and there's no conscience no, You he, can tell in the moment
1: He thinks it's real Right, well he does I mean, And the, a and the good example, and then I'll wrap up with this the, when, when he goes Right after the State of the Union address He went to some college And he started saying Look uh, The Republicans keep on saying that they don't like My ideas uh, And they want to move the economy forward, uh, forward I'm all for their ideas I'd like to hear them you know, you tell me, Republicans, how uh, we're going to get government to be more efficient, how we're going to get, you know, to, to get the poor lifted out of this, you know, you know, with our, you know, with our programs. You know, what program would you recommend? As if somehow that's the only answer, right? It, it, the, the, the answer, Mr. President, is to not have government programs at all. Just take them away. That's the way it works. But it doesn't dawn on him that way. This is not the way that most liberals think. They think only in terms of government is the answer, government is the answer, and then finally, government is the answer. And that's the problem we have with this president. My friends, I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks so much for listening today. We'll talk with you next week.